0: Hello, good afternoon.
1: Hello, Michelle, how are you? Good, good to actually get to speak with you.
0: I just want to introduce you really briefly. Um, So, welcome to the Persephone program. And I'm talking with Diotima Mantinea of Urania's Well, and the author of Touch the Earth, Kiss the Sky, which I so enjoyed. And my, um, I guess, kind of pen pal, (laughs) internet (laughs) friend. Yes. Yes, which is how it is now, you know. I mean, Mm -hmm. I've met so many amazing people and peers that I could never have imagined, a community that I could never have imagined meeting on the internet and through this social media tool. So they're benefits to it too right
1: (laughs) it's extraordinary how quickly the internet has changed our entire lives and certainly changed the practice of astrology because just because so many of us can get together and talk about it
0: absolutely and i know you must i can't wait to dig into that because i know that you must you know, I, I understand that you had a metaphysical bookstore and that you've been involved in community mm-hmm. for a long time, but it, it's it mm-hmm. been, you know, really hard to find, at least for me, uh, you know, people that I can talk to like this about astrology, um, because, you know, it's, as you know, astrology has had its ebbs and its flows over the last period of our lives, at least, And um, it's definitely in a huge upswing right now. It's unbelievable, unprecedented. Um, But yeah, I love to be able to talk about it. And I'm loving to be able to share some of your uh, insight and observance, not just about astrology, but about the nature of reality and consciousness. um, Because this is such, I mean, it's, it's amazing how, I guess I could say a big of a topic it is right now for the first time in my life. I love it. I love Mm -hmm. it. So, Mm -hmm. and your book talks a lot about that too, which is really wonderful, you know?
1: Yes. Um, Yes. Well that's pretty much why I wrote the book is because it's hard to find people who want to talk about this sort of thing. And, and I figured I, I would just put all my thoughts about this down on paper and give people a, A years worth of insights and activities that they could do to explore their own spiritual path and get them to think about it and it's almost as good as being able to talk to a lot of different people
0: it is and what I one of the things that I really love about it is that you know one of the things that I find as a practicing astrologer is that and because I guess of, of the, you know, the resurgence of and, and massive interest in astrology and in witchcraft, I guess, and in, in forms of spirituality that are um, both, I guess, untraditional and traditional is that, you know, mm-hmm. people are, are diving into it, but there isn't, you know, they're, they're taking little pieces and they're not necessarily seeing that as pretty, in many ways, it can be very cohesive. Um, for mm-hmm. instance, they're learning about astrology, but not going in and in it through a consciousness standpoint, you know, and the same thing with exactly. witchcraft, they're learning about like folk magic,
1: but they don't even know what a practice is. And, you know, what do you think about and that? And they don't have a larger, they don't have a, a larger perspective in which to fit things like astrology and magic that makes sense that we we need to expand our understanding of reality to be able to fit things like astrology and magic and the fact that it's pretty clear to anyone who has done any study of either one of those two disciplines that it works and Uh so if it works it would be highly unscientific to just say, well, we're going to ignore it because our particular worldview doesn't have a place for that. So we really, if, if we think magic and astrology works, we really need to look for a worldview that can at least possibly encompass the realities of astrology and magic that we experience.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, I I completely agree with you. I mean, you know, the scientific method is, you know, in many ways, like, you know, repetition and observation. And certainly, um, you know, in terms of astrology and magic, you know, physical magic, those it 100% works, and it fits in with that paradigm. I think that there's an aspect of control that is um, a big part of the materialist viewpoint, and, um, and resistance, you know, to, to change. And, I I definitely see that we're kind of at this really interesting, you know, massive, almost kind of black and white, like, you know, tradition and conservatism versus what is, you know, obviously the big, I think, flow, which is this this newness and how things are happening so fast. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, everything is, you know, that... (laughs) You know i don 't want to say the Aquarian age, but you know this this you know this the future is here and it's it's real and it 's now and um we're we're all just like i think pedaling as fast as we can to to catch up to it um but so it's you know i want to just mention today i want to talk about a few things i'd love to talk about eclipses and okay. um, you know I know that you just put out, um, a little blog on the, the recent eclipse and what's going on right now in 2021. And I would love to talk about, um, you know, your book, especially, and about consciousness and about, um, the path and your path. Um, so like, let's dig into, let's dig in a little bit to, We'll start with where we are right now, and I don't know if you saw the news this morning, but fortunately there was another mass shooting um, this morning, uh, right after the...
1: I did not see that. I did not see that. Where was it?
0: In San Jose, at about like 6 in the morning. Oh, dear. Pacific time.
1: Oh,
0: dear. um, yeah, I we're not sure exactly what the casualty count is, but it's multiple. And, um, you know, it's just, it's interestingly, li- like, tying into some, I think, of the themes of 2021 and, obviously, the Uranus and Saturn square and the murkiness of this Pisces energy, that Neptune and and illusion, disillusion. Um, you know, and it, you had, you know, when you... Wrote your blog about the um, this particular eclipse. You called it creative chaos, and the first Mm -hmm. thing I thought was really Mm -hmm. interesting how you brought up um, Mercury, Uranus, and Mm -hmm. Neptune chaotic, uh, I guess, um, costume you know, or their
1: expression
0: of these these planets as chaos. So, can you talk about that? And why did you bring that? That was I thought that was really fascinating.
1: Well, there's a lot of chaotic energy going on anytime you have uh, Gemini rising, <laughs> any time you right. have all of these uh, mutable signs. Uh, I mean, there are just a lot of planets in mutable signs, in, mm-hmm. including the ruler of the eclipse, uh, which is in its domicile right on the midheaven, and, yeah. um, <clears throat> and then, of course, Mercury, is, is not only the ruler of the ascendant it's on the ascendant it's conjunct Venus I mean that alone all of all of the mutable signs point to change because that's what mutable signs do they change things from fixed back to cardinal so that was one thing another thing and I am so saddened, but not surprised about this shooting, and this, this is something that I didn't mention in the um, in the blog post because one of the things I did mention in the blog post is please don't let astrology lead you into disaster thinking. You know, mm-hmm. use astrology to let to help you make wiser choices. But the fact of the matter is that um, Sagittarius has a tendency towards violence. This is not a popular opinion, but it's one that's been around for a long time. And I learned it, I, uh, you know, first back in the late 60s and early 70s when I began studying astrology. Another teacher of mine always always brings that fact up. So Sagittarius, you know, when I, when I see an eclipse happening in Sagittarius, that, that always makes me worry a little bit about the possibility of, of violence. Um, finally, we have, um, you know, we have uh, Mars in Cancer, which is, it's not particularly happy in Cancer, you know, it's. no, it's, um, <laughs> yeah, no Mars, it's Mars does not. Mars does not do very well in Cancer, and um, it is, of course, approaching an opposition to Pluto, and it is trying Neptune. And another fairly unpopular opinion I hold, particularly when it involves mundane astrology, is that signs simply indicate an easy flow of energy. They do not indicate necessarily good things happening. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for the shooter in San Jose, it was an easy flow of energy for him to take the violence of um of mars and the confusion and deception of neptune and 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 turn it into a to a a horrible event this is an easy flow of energy for him Mm -hmm. but you know it it particularly in mundane astrology it it just does not always signify um, good things happening, and people here trying, and they're like, "Oh, I'm going to win the lottery," or, or you know, everything's going to be sunshine and rainbows. But it's not. It's not. So this th- this eclipse, as I noted, was was a a powerful eclipse, and yeah. it's it's going to have uh, repercussions down the line that I hope will lead to creative new results, um, in, in certainly in people's lives. But, you know, when you're looking at, at astrology from a mundane point of view, in other words, and, and for those who don't know what mundane astrology is, it's the astrology of world affairs. And so we're looking at what's going on as far as, human beings are, con- well, the world too, but as far as human concerns, but when you're dealing with humanity as a whole, what you often find is that you get the lowest common denominator. So whereas <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. a trine in, a, in an individual chart, you know, this trine between Neptune and, and Mars might in, a, in an artist's chart really give them the, the energy and the impetus to go out and, and, and bring out the welding torch and, and build an incredible sculpture. Uh-huh. But in someone else's chart, it could mean that they think this is a great time to grab a gun and go out and shoot people. So Yeah, I'm,
0: absolutely. Yeah, energy so. is energy. And uh-huh. expressions can get, um, can become sort of, you know, the, the highest aspect or the lowest aspect, you know, and you're right, Mm -hmm. the lowest common denominator. And, you know, I was thinking about, um, you know, the change that is so, like, so much a part, I think, of this time that we are living in right now and, and the U.S. Sibley chart. And, you know, if you're giving it, you know, fairly large orb, or at least a six, six or seven degree orb, um, I mean, Mars kind of sits there on top of the sun and, you know, squares our US natal Saturn and um, our Pluto. So it's kind of, yeah, you know, violence is Mm -hmm. definitely an issue in our country. And we keep getting, it, it keeps coming up again and again and again, as well as you know, especially right now, this idea of, you know, illusion, delusion, you know, which is so, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. big with, with the Pisces energy and the Neptunian energy and that, it got activated, like this eclipse activated, um, you know, many things that are going on right now. And I I love the way that you put it as creative chaos because, you know, it is incredibly creative. And I think there is opportunity, as you mentioned, for us to... You know, move into a space where we actually are able to take action. Uh, and I think that, you know, I, I, I truly see that we are in a process of potential rebuild. Um, and that creative chaos that is happening right now is, you know, moving into potentially something that, you know, can change. You know, you mentioned the mutable signs, you know, and, although i had never i had never thought of them as chaotic you know it is a, it's a good term you know because you know in order for you to transform there is this form of you know deconstruction you know reconstruction happening and um, exactly yeah
1: yeah and of all of of all of the of the three modalities um cardinal fixed and mutable the mutable signs are the most chaotic because they have to be the most chaotic. They are the bridge between the fixed signs and the cardinal signs, which means they are change. That's pretty much what what defines them is is change. Absolutely. So um, and Gemini is you know you were talking about putting the uh, looking at the Sibley chart. The other thing that's going on with this eclipse and Gemini that Mm -hmm. um, concerns me a little bit is the fact that the eclipse itself was pretty much right on our uh, USA natal Uranus Mm -hmm. and um, the Venus and Mercury were uh, conjunct Venus exactly and Mercury just a few uh, degrees past Our natal Mars in Gemini which of course is um, is square our natal Neptune and an ongoing issue for the United States but Mm -hmm. those are those are trigger points for social upheaval in this chart and they are definitely being triggered by this eclipse and you know in in uh, not too long a time um, it's only two it 's only two degrees away the The transiting north node is only two degrees away from hitting our our natal uranus, so it's going to be very interesting to see what kind of changes happen uh, at that time because gosh, there is just so much in play as far as our country and its governance and the the problems that we are having with Really, a just a huge split in the way people, uh, in the way that citizens think about the country. It's so true, and you know, this is
0: a perfect segue because what I wanted to talk to you about too was a, uh, you know, just briefly like eclipses and the Saros cycles, and the connections to this, um, these eclipses this year and last year, the social upheaval and the 1960s, the 54-year um, cycle of going back to um, 1966 and 1967 connecting to Mm -hmm. these eclipses. And then also I recently, I I just, I'm I'm just about finished with a television show called 1971, which is on Apple TV. It's so it's called 1971, the year the music changed everything. And it is absolutely fascinating because it's connecting the events Of 1971 with the music Um, and you know just thinking about going back to that time period where there was so much social upheaval um, and obviously we have a full Chiron cycle with Chiron being in Aries Mm -hmm. protests for social change for you know racial equality for, you know, young people, uh, you know, coming up against the government, again, back to this same energy. And even though we're looking at 2021 and it being, you know, in many ways, like very frightening, and obviously they didn't have a global pandemic in the late 60s, you know, early 1970s, but there was as much, if not more, they did have a, a, a war that was killing, I don't know if it's unfortunately, you know, I think probably even more than COVID-19, but we have a lot of the same themes. And of course, astrology is a study mm-hmm. of, you know, an observance of cycles and mm-hmm. um, repeating cycles that bring, you know, energetic forces at play in our consciousness, in our world. And so we're back to this time period. And I don't know, for me, maybe it's because I'm a double Capricorn. I don't know. I feel so, I feel so comfortable seeing that correlation saying like, we know kind of, you know, from time and observance what the spirit of the 60s was here to do, civil rights and, and mm-hmm. pushing us into mm-hmm. new social awareness, you know. And mm-hmm. I was looking at your bio and you were like, yes, and this is when I first began my study of astrology, mm-hmm. you know, in 68. Mm-hmm. and I talk about being born myself, you know, in 66, in and it was like, just before the summer of love and encapsulating through my generation, that kind of the Uranus Pluto conjunction and that spirit of social change and upheaval. Um, but we're back here again. And because yes, we're, because
1: we didn't we get, get it
0: right. The, we didn't get it fixed. Yeah, first <laughs> definitely not. Definitely not. And, I mean, in, in 1971, and when, so many people died of drug overdoses. And, you know, like that was the Janice, Jimmy, you know, Jim, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, mm-hmm. um, you're, what are we going to do with this? Like, are we going
1: to devolve or are we
0: going to evolve now?
1: Well, that's the big question, isn't it? Yeah. That's the really big question. And I'm, I'm not sure if, um, I mean, there are a few ways of looking at this. Obviously, on an individual level, some of us are going to evolve and some of us are likely to devolve. But on (laughs) a larger civilizational level, it may also be necessary for us to devolve as a society before we can evolve just because of how badly we have screwed up um, the ecology, the, the environment. Yeah: So, uh, you yeah, know, I'm that goes that into the way we are living is simply not sustainable. And so change must happen. And when you're thinking in terms of such extreme changes that will help bring healing to the environment, which must happen, or we're going to kill ourselves off then it's really hard to, to think that, um, you know, that, that everything's going to be fine and dandy with no problem, although given what the Department of Defense has told us lately, who knows, the space brethren may come in and, you know, and, and save us all, yeah. who knows. Now that they're telling us the are real.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, back to, that's another revelation, you know, that's coming up mm-hmm. during eclipses. I'm getting like chills right now on that because that also connects to like the space program. You know, I was talking about the Jupiter-Saturn, you know, conjunction in Aquarius a couple years ago and I was like, space, 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 we're going to go back to, you know, back and <laughs> we're going to go back to space, but you no, know, you think yep. about the last like 20 years, we haven't really done much with with that. But um
1: but yeah, I mean, and that back was a big to, deal back in the 70s, of course. Back in the late 60s sure. and 70s was the space program. I remember sitting and, and and watching um the moon landing with with my father. And and it was so extraordinary and we had so many uh, you know, so much hope for the future and, and how fast we were going to progress, but but we didn't, really. Um, we didn't progress all that fast because I think personally greed had a lot to do with it. Um, social greed and human greed yeah, had a lot priorities. to do with the fact that hmm that, that we set different priorities and I still blame a hell of a lot of it on the 80s and Reagan as well but, um, but sure. Oh, yeah, question. that's a whole other thing yeah. I wanted right. to
0: talk about too because back to you know eclipses We had a you know a 60s eclipses in the same Saros cycle and then we had 80s eclipses And I was also looking at your you know your blog and how you mentioned 68 I studied astrology mid 80s, I started studying tarot. And, and that was the last time that I saw, you know, because I was a young woman in the 80s, I rem and, you know, practicing witchcraft and divination and astrology. But that was the last time I saw the kind of um, alternative spirituality blow up was the 80s. And that was yes. almost in kind of a juxtaposition to that conventionality that that came in you know through Ronald Reagan
1: um, yes I think it was, I, was I think it was a, a bit of a pushback against that interestingly speaking of eclipses what well, I opened my little metaphysical bookstore in 1989 uh, just a couple of weeks after an eclipse on my part of fortune oh in yes. Pisces. yeah so that and that was that was pretty interesting
0: it is really interesting and,
1: and, you know, important. Yeah, because I – and I spent – I I sold the store in – I opened it in 89 and I sold it in 96. So it was uh, a Saturn quarter cycle. It was seven years um, between for the a time business. I opened it. Uh, okay, so was it a I lunar eclipse or a I solar
0: was it a solar eclipse on your part of fortune? Or, it was a or, solar or...
1: eclipse on my part of fortune. Okay, that makes
0: sense. Mm-hmm. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Because solar eclipses, yeah. I have always found, I've been observing them because unfortunately, I have you know a pretty intense track record of lunar eclipses when they were applying to personal planets or angles of my chart, certain ones. And this is obviously in you know in conjunction with other major planetary transits. But I've had some. Of the most pivotal and difficult experiences of my life when lunar eclipses have applied to my chart now solar eclipse Mm -hmm. is different you know um i mentioned to you earlier when my mother passed away last year i did a um delineation of you know those eclipses because the eclipses of 2019 and 2020 that led into the um the saturn pluto conjunction we're right on top of personal planets and angles of my chart. And the lunar eclipse of 2020 was, you know, just a couple degrees away from my moon in cancer. And my mm-hmm. mother died suddenly. And, you know, we uh, didn't expect yeah. it. And it was, I mean, that's mm-hmm. kind of a classic negative interpretation yeah, it is classic. would be, yeah. it is classic though. But I mean, sometimes astrology is so literal, like it is your example, mm-hmm. you know, it's unbelievable. And then other times, it's just you know very archetypal it is an energetic force that it it spreads its energy and expresses itself
1: in so many different ways well interestingly when i sold my store i had a lunar eclipse um on my saturn and then <laughs> oh the God. the solar eclipse the solar eclipse right after that was um in late aries Within a couple of degrees of my early Taurus ascendant, uh, it was it was actually a difficult wow. decision for me to make, and and it was in many ways a difficult time for me so yeah to uh, to me, I find that I, I honestly haven't, and maybe I should look a, a little more deeply into this, but I, I honestly haven't um, determined whether you know solar eclipses tend to be less problematic than than lunar ones for me. But there's just no question in my mind that eclipses bring change. Now, I really disagree Absolutely. with the traditional astrologers here who say, oh, eclipses, go hide under a rock somewhere quickly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because, I, you know, I, I, I think you really need to face the changes. And secondly, it's not always going to be bad. And if you, you know, if you know it's coming, then then maybe you can make some plans for it. But I I would say that on a, um, I, I, uh, I would be more in agreement with the traditional outlook on eclipses. Uh, again, when it comes to mundane astrology, and of course, you know, traditional the, uh, what we now call traditional astrology, you know, astrology the, the astrology of the ancients. Uh, it was really all mundane astrology back then. Because one hundred percent. The only thing right, because... getting their charts cashed were kings and queens and rulers and governments, uh-huh. you know, governments who were uh, and and I think, you know, again in mundane astrology those eclipses you're gonna see things like mass shootings. Not it's not always gonna be a mass shooting, but you know, war and 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 famine and Fire and all, all that other uh, unfortunate stuff that that can happen to a society to a civilization, and volcanoes erupting, which just happened too yes,
0: creative chaos, mm-hmm. you know the center cannot mm-hmm. hold i don't know if you are you familiar with john Beckett he's a, a druid a, a druid oh, yeah. priest mm-hmm. he writes mm-hmm. for patheos yeah. you know that. Yep. You know, he's coming at this from a completely different standpoint, but he's calling this time tower time. And I thought, you know, after the the tower card and the tarot. And again, that goes back to creative
1: chaos because
0: you know, you cannot
1: time. And John and John will will um, confirm this. Tower time was a phrase that my friend uh, Byron came up with after a conversation, and I write about this in the introduction to her book, um, Earthworks, that she and I Mm -hmm. came up with a couple of weeks after 9-11. And she's the one who really took the phrase tower time, and she has tower time papers and a whole book she's written about it. And that's where John picked it up. But um, we were sitting had some coffee, we had some coffee um, a couple of weeks after 9-11. We often met for coffee because, you know, witches and, and gardeners and all that. We had a, a
0: mm-hmm. lot of
1: conversational cauldron stirring to do. And we were talking about 9-11, and the one thing that both of us as tarot readers saw so clearly was the Tower Card. Absolutely. In, it was so as, literal. As, You're talking you know, about literal. It was, it was exactly so literal. And we were talking about this, and, and, you know, one of our favorite topics of conversation was the changes that we saw coming. We knew were coming, not just because, you know, and I wasn't just looking at the astrologies. I mean, intuitively, uh, we knew that, that these massive changes were coming. And so we were talking about the Tower card, and Byron sat back and said, you know, this is Tower time. And I said, "Yeah." Yep. That's exactly what it that's exactly what it is.
0: And so, it connects um, to Saturn Pluto mm-hmm. and the cycle there because it does, of course Saturn and Pluto opposition, absolutely. you know, right before that and then we had the Saturn Pluto conjunction and we had the pandemic and we had this, you know, the siege on the Capitol. and it was you know, it's been applying for a long time. We had Trump, you know, so much is creative and chaos.
1: We we can't forget the uranus um, uh, the the effect of Uranus first of all in in Taurus because really the tower card yeah. is is a very uranian card, you know the lightning struck tower absolutely and 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 um, you know the tower is made of stone it's made of earth, and so um, Uranus is really shaking up the very thick sign of Taurus and of course. Now, this whole year, it is in fairly close aspect all year to um, <clears throat> uh, to a square with with Saturn and Aquarius, which is incredibly oh, yeah. powerful in Aquarius because That's the field That's mm-hmm. Yeah, and and so you know, I think I think that that um, that this Uranus Pluto I'm sorry, um, Uranus-Saturn square this year is is going to be shaking things up tremendously.
0: Absolutely. And, it, you know, of course, the, you know, exact, the second exact square is coming up, you know, in a, in a few weeks. It's only one degree apart right now. So, you know, it's uh-huh. going to be activated a lot. Um, it, that's kind of double, I would say, like, that's double Uranus, you know, um, Earth structure, when you have Saturn itself, you know, the Lord of, you know, structure and matter in Mm -hmm. Aquarius, and then you have, you know, that square with Uranus in Taurus. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, things fall apart, you know, um, and the the center cannot hold, but that is a creative chaos, again, back to that term, you know, and I, I think that's so perfect for this year and this time. Um, you know, it is, I want to, I want to ask you also about so many people were asked, we're going talking about eclipses, we're talking about chaos, we're talking about fear too, in the collective. And so many of my astrology clients are always asking me, what do I do? Uh, You know, what's going to happen? Um, And how do I navigate my way through it? And one of the things that I have been finding and I don't know if you're doing a lot of active um chart reading right now is a lot of young people mm-hmm. are coming and they're you know ready to learn and expand their consciousness awareness and they're doing it through, they, they they're having a hard time doing it because there is so much just sheer data, information. I don't want to say data, but there's so much information out there and some of it is just so exactly. shallow and superficial. Yep without context, as you mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. with with consciousness. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's why I love your book, because if you know, it isn't an astrology book, you know, but it is a book about creating, I think, context for a consciousness practice.
1: Context is is a very good, good word context for everything that's going on around us. I mean, you know, as yeah. I I trained as a scientist, and mm-hmm. one of the first things I learned is that you have to you have to deal with with what what is real. You have to um, acknowledge what your actual experience is. You have to acknowledge uh, what results of of experiments are. You have to be real. And yeah. the, the problem now, of course, as Neptune is, is moving through Pisces is that we are losing touch with reality.
0: God, it's so true. When, and there's so much out there that is just not grounded. <laughs> I agree. That's why I love your exercises. <laughs> I'm a grounded person. Yeah. Right. <laughs> touch the right. sky, but don't forget, you know, to I mean, touch the earth, but you know, you can kiss the sky, but don't forget to, you know, do both. Yeah
1: to ground to ground in the earth as well, yes. And and when you have when you have public officials saying that the riot, the insurrection at the Capitol on January sixth was nothing more than a normal day of tourists in the Capitol, that is that is is just so far out there, so far removed from the reality that anyone could see who bothered to look at the multiple videos that were shot, who bothered to listen to anyone who was there, including some of the cops who were badly injured, and and no, and, and, I mean, people call them on it, but the fact that they can brazenly sit there and say this is no different from a normal tourist day, I mean, this is so out, totally out of touch with reality. I yeah. am, you know, I, 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 I said when I posted my uh, my blog on Facebook, um, I said something along the lines of, you know, all this this, this is happening and you may think you're becoming... Uh, jaded about being, you don't think you can, anything can surprise you anymore. Well, hang on, think again, <laughs> because right. it's, you know, it's like every day brings a, a just a new shocking uh, revelation of how far we are from acknowledging reality. So, uh, yeah, and know, that's one kind of the biggest of problems.
0: reality. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's one of the biggest problems. I mean, and I, um, I think QAnon is a great example of that. All of these, oh, you know, yeah. "quote unquote" good people. Yeah, I mean, we we lived through four and a half years of a, you know, of of governmental administration and power of the emperor's new clothes. You know, and uh-huh. everybody was just walking around, you know, basically denying reality. You know, yep. <laughs> and and that we need to get we need to get back into being grounded. You know, into mm-hmm into what is in front of us. And I was thinking about that with that North node in Gemini and the South node in Sagittarius and leaning into um, data, you know, and, and, and what we can all agree on are facts. The problem here obviously is that, you know, with Neptune and Pisces had, you know, having been squaring that nodal axis, there's a lot of, there's a lot of like, well, I believe this, you know, this is what I feel and believe right. and I'm not even going to acknowledge this information data. What do you doing? And as that? you
1: were saying before, as you were saying before, there is such an overload of information and this is part of the problem with Gemini that, that requires Sagittarius to help discern and balance the extraordinary yeah. amount of information that, that Mercury and Gemini is bringing in right now. And people just go out and they pick, well, I'll take this fact here and this fact here and this fact here, and then I'll tie them all together into something that is not factual at all. So yep. and that's a big that, problem, you know, that's a problem in our business too, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> because yeah.
1: there, there's yes, a lot exactly. of, there's
0: a lot of practitioners out there, whether they are, you know, like really young and inexperienced and you could say like shallow, you know, practitioners, meaning that they might know a little bit about a few things um, or, you know, whether they're just simply people that have their own, what you would call UPG, you know, unverified personal gnosis that are coming out there and just throwing it out there. And because they have a blog or what have you, you know, and a newsletter, you know, people are listening to them, you know? I know. And, and what, what
1: astonishes do? me is the lack of astrological education. That's why, you know, I'm so happy about um, the Astrology University and Stormy Beeson's, yeah. uh, Stormy Grace's work with, uh, with teaching people and Chris Brennan's Astrology Podcast bringing some – actual education to uh to astrology because i mean it's shocking to me uh brennan did a a podcast the other day on how to read an ephemeris and i know i saw that (laughs) 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 wow well yes i mean that's one of the entire podcast that's one of the first things that you should learn how to do when you are learning astrology. But what astonishes me is how many people call themselves professional astrologers and have no clue about how to even read an ephemeris.
0: <laughs> and yeah, I would say wow. right now, like on the, you know, in the young person, Instagram sac- set, it is a mm-hmm. lot. It is a lot. It's probably maybe even up to 50%, if not more. Um, and
1: we probably why I don't that, spend much time on Instagram. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know it's a necessary I it, like I guess it's a necessary evil because I was involved with a school in Southern California for the first time I was asked to teach astrology. this was a few years ago three three and a half years ago and you know most of my students and the woman that started it was in her thirties you know that is you know when I think about like my mm-hmm. you know my clientele they're all in their thirties for the most
1: part you know right,
0: right, or right. from the Saturn return you know up to the you know nodal you know return that twenty seven to thirty seven kind of twenty eight to thirty seven time period it, well, there's a few in their you know their Uranus opposition too, but it's always those those, those pushing, you know, but, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. I was asked to do that and I was told, you know, we have to have an Instagram. <laughs> so I was like, all right. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's, and it's hard and, um, and there's that. And then there's the whole, you know, I guess, witch movement that's all coming up to again, same type of the situation <laughs> where you have oh. everybody calling themselves a witch and like starting their business as a witch and they don't have any practice. There is no context. They are no looking up either. spells on the Internet.
1: I know. You know, and, and, regurgitating. and they have no concept of how or why magic works. And, you know, there, it's, it's not that there is. Um, this is, you know, it's not like you can write a thing. This is how magic works, because. It's first of all, the, it's way too big for I think us to really, really grasp. And I think everyone has to, does have to figure out how magic works for them. But my God, I spent, I spent years, years studying in person under teachers who themselves had spent years studying witchcraft and magic and ritual and. It, it absolutely changed my life. And yeah, you know, you can go out there and, and say, well, you know, if you want to bring a love into your life, go get a red candle and this, that, and the other thing and burn it. But if you haven't learned how to train your mind, then you are not doing magic. The spell is not yep. what makes the magic work. The spell... Strengthens and helps manifest, you know, the various qualities of colors and herbs and all of this sort of thing, that strengthens and makes manifest what you put into the spell. But it is an aid; it is not the source of the magic. You are the the magician; is the source of the magic. It, I also absolutely. get annoyed. I for... have to admit. Go ahead. Sorry.
0: <laughs> no, I really wanted. I, I have been keeping silent a little bit on this, but I was like, I want to bring it up because I want to vent and I know she will too. (laughs) Just a little bit, just a tiny bit, you know? Yeah. No, it's, it's, um, um... no, go
1: ahead. It's kind of, it's kind of astonishing to me that, 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 that people don't understand and, and the, the necessity and the importance of, of training. I also, I have to admit, get rather annoyed with um, some of the magicians, and this is by no means uh, confined to younger or untrained magicians, but the ones who say, I don't need any tools, I don't need the candles, I don't need the herbs, I just do it all with my mind. And Uh that was very much front and center in my thinking when I wrote touch the earth, kiss the sky, because I really, I, I, if you could do it all with your mind, then what I would like you to do is please not eat for six months, not shower for six months and Mm -hmm. come up and tell me that you can do that. You can manage physical reality with only your mind. And if you're not starving to death and stinking, by the end of those that month or two months or whatever, then I'll believe that maybe you can do it all with your mind. But no, you know we're here. We're we're here in physical reality, and I think it is important for us to interact with physical reality. I think that's part of the reason we're here, and I think that we we insult uh, this this marvelous creative universe of time and space when we say, well, I don't need anything but my mind. If you didn't need anything but your mind, you wouldn't be in a body.
0: Yes, I agree. And I think that in many ways, maybe that is um, part of the the balancing act or the integrative act of some of the animistic religions coming back into the collective, Mm -hmm. um, you know, because if you think about maybe, you know, the age of Pisces and the asceticism of some of what the, the, you know, the three great religions, you know, the Judeo-Christian religion, Mm -hmm. you know, Christianity Mm -hmm. and Islam and, and Buddhism, they were about asceticism, a certain kind of physical asceticism and, and, you know, the, the spiritual, i.e., you know, solar masculine kind of ideal, you know, spirit, not body. And I think that we are integrating that and that's, you know, the pendulum swings again and people are, are realizing that. And obviously climate change is one of the really prescient, you know, issues that are coming back again. Like it is important to touch the earth, even as you kiss the sky, you mm-hmm. know, and that is mm-hmm. maybe that's why what would call paganism
1: is back, you know? <laughs> yes, yes. And those those religions basically felt that I mean, they seem to put forth this idea that physical reality is the lesser reality. Right. And that we need to on the reality beyond physical reality which is where god lives but yeah, you know that's fine therefore better yeah right and uh, but again the, the point i'm making in t- one of the major points i make in touch the earth kiss the sky is the fact that we aren't here to prove to some overarching horrible cruel God that we are good enough to go to heaven and otherwise we're going to get thrown into hell for eternity. I don't understand why anybody even wants to believe that. We're here because we are consciousness that is given a frame in the same way that an artist may be given the edges of a canvas or a piece of stone that that Mm -hmm. they need to work with. We are given this frame within which to create. Within which to yeah. learn how to consciously create a reality in the same way that this unbelievable reality that, that is all around us was created this life is a creative endeavor we're not trying yeah. to prove ourselves to to some cruel God who's going to throw us into into a fiery pit if we don't do exactly as he says and being conscious means You know, working
0: on that wonderful responsibility of making choices and becoming aware Mm -hmm. and learning to actively and creatively, you know, um, make that work of art, which is your self. Mm -hmm. And I use that analogy a lot. I remember reading it in um, a book of Seth um, by Jane Roberts of Seth. Expressing it like that too, um, a channeled you know, entity. Yeah, that. Uh, so that is, you know, definitely how I see it, and I always pose that most of my astrology clients get a real. Okay, here's the energetic forces you're working with. Here's some tools, tips, and techniques for you to become mm-hmm. as self aware as you can. Mm-hmm. The greatest battle is always with the self, but that is where all the magic happens. That is where you begin the exactly. beginning of learning. And so that requires awareness and discipline. And the, you know, there's a, there's not that much discipline happening sometimes right now, you know, in terms of like, it's going to take some time. You can't grasp, you know, I get a lot of astrology students who want everything, every single technique immediately right now. They want to know every single way of analyzing the chart. And yet again, no context. So I Mm -hmm. am recommending your book for people that need context if they want to not just understand the particular techniques of, you know, analytical techniques of astrology, but you, again, have to put it into a consciousness context. If you really want to, you know, understand your own astrology, there needs to just be some foundational foundation to it. And it takes time you know um you can't just grasp it all but really quick too i wanted to ask you so you know i was looking at some of the um the astrologers that you know you first read and i have you know i mentioned my mother was a professional astrologer and so i grew up yeah. with you know also all those same ones and you know i learned astrology in the late 70s and early 80s you know before mm-hmm. You know, William Lilly's Christian Astrology came out, and before before the medieval um, Hellenistic Revolution, and it just it, it it blows my mind that now these kids that like I mean I guess I could say kids, but you know younger people are educated. They're going to Kepler. They are getting this really formal mm-hmm. traditional education, and they're choosing, mm-hmm. you know, like um, uh, Chris Brennan to focus on, you would almost call like a scholarly, you know, um, aspect of astrology, traditional Mm -hmm. astrology. And it's Mm -hmm. fascinating that it has, you know, and to me I feel like it's blown up during Pluto and Capricorn, really. I mean, you know, I was thinking like, what, why the, I I love that we're going back to some of these techniques and I've used some of the Hellenistic techniques to their interesting perfections and some other things. And to me, yes, yes, this is foundational. Mm Um, They're interesting to look at as as yet another layer, you know, and and I love, you know, like when I learned astrology, we didn't necessarily talk about sect as much, you know, probably Mm -hmm. like you Mm too, you know, and um, I'm using that a lot more. I'm using, you know, the idea of day and night um, rather than masculine feminine, you know, expressions, and I'm definitely... Using both the traditional and what you call modern rulers of zodiacal science, but you mm-hmm. know what's your take on this because it's really just it's a it's a very interesting like I was raised on you know not just Rob Hand but dane Ruder, and you know and definitely Stephen Arroyo, and you know, I don't know if you've read Martin Schulman, and these were like very oh, did, yeah. like yeah, I
1: absolutely. read them all, believe no, think,
0: me, yeah yeah. <laughs> Exactly, and I've I been so bookstore. lucky. I could do that. <laughs> you had it all. Yeah, my yeah. my house now probably looks like a, a portion of your bookstore because I have my mother's, you know, 500 astrology books now, which I'm very fortunate to have. But um, anyway, well, what what if, you what's know, your take the- on this?
1: which to the whole this this whole scholarly look into traditional astrology really began I think in the mid 90s and I think it was Rob and it was Rob Rob, and Rob who who really um, spearheaded this this whole change although I agree with you I think it really did uh, take off when 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 Pluto went into Capricorn I think that that there are lots of different astrological techniques And Uh I find it fascinating that they all work. But I think I that what we are doing <laughs> to one degree or another. I mean, there can be good astrologers and bad astrologers who use these techniques. But if you find people who have learned their branch of astrology and learned it well and practiced it and and had and experienced it with clients and, and studying world affairs, then you'll find that, you know, Vedic astrology, traditional astrology, modern astrology. It all seems to, to work, uh, and yet we don't really have all of the answers. But all I can say is that I really do believe what we are looking at is patterns of consciousness. And th- the various types of astrology have found certain patterns in the weaving of reality that is our universe where they can follow the the, wep- the, the, the weaving of, of these patterns and extract useful information for our lives that doesn't mean they have the one and only truth so i do think it's important to find what astrology you know what type of astrology works for you and yes absolutely i have uh, utilized some of the techniques that i have learned in studying traditional astrology but i still consider myself to be a modern astrologer and for me i think I'm while I I honor uh, what our our predecessors did, and I am glad that we are recovering some and ex, and experiencing and experimenting with some lost techniques. I still think we need to look forward and not backward as astrologers. So you know, Absolutely. one of the things Chris yeah. Brennan and I don't know if you listen to his uh, his monthly um, program with. Um, uh, Kelly Surtees and Austin Kopik. And all of them use traditional astrology, but they also, oh my goodness, I just had a, a, a red headed woodpecker fly right in front of me. <laughs> oh, fine. wow. Yeah. Hello. Um, but they also work with the outer planets. And, yeah uh, you know, they're, they're, um, they're, way of interpreting charts is not exactly the same as mine but it's useful and i'm sure quite accurate so i think that we all need to find our way of utilizing astrology to to see patterns in the universe that from which we can extract information that is useful to our to our clients um we have a lot to learn we have a lot to learn and, and yeah. I love the fact that so much research is going on and so we're kind of scrubbing the barnacles off of uh, that have accrued onto some of our astrological techniques mm. and computers allow us to to really dig into the research. So. I think uh, what's going on right now with astrology is fascinating, and I think one of the biggest mistakes we could make is is to say, well, this is the astrology that's the real astrology. This is the astrology that works. Oh doing. yeah,
0: no, i mean <clears throat> I totally agree, and I don't think that you know, I mean, <laughs> to me, like medieval uh, astrology, you know, Hellenistic astrology. I know, even looking at, you know, even ancient astrology is just another mm-hmm. dimension to the mm-hmm. multi dimensional um, consciousness map or web, I guess you could call it. You know, it's also like a web. And you were mentioning, you mm-hmm. know, there are many different you know, aspects, threads of this, this huge multidimensional web that is astrology. And that is yet another way of interpreting, um, energetic forces at play in our consciousness, you know, exactly. Well said. Yeah. And so I love that like wider approach. I just think it's fascinating. Um, you know, like I said, I just haven't, I haven't had the opportunity to talk to too many people that have been practicing astrology as long as you have about some of these mm-hmm. new things. My mom's not here anymore, so I can't talk to her about it and say, "Like, what do you think about this?" You know. And I was fortunate that I had that, you know, for so long. Um, well, we'll
1: have to chat more in the future, definitely. Yeah, I would love all to. I would love to. I always to. enjoy. I always enjoy talking astrology with people who love it.
0: Yes, I, I love it, and I live it, you know, and mm-hmm, I, I, wanted to, mm-hmm. I wanted to say that, you know, I appreciated you, you know, giving me comments on my book and writing and, you know, reading it, because it is interesting, you know, I mean, if anything, like the best thing to do with astrology and with magic is to practice it as much as you can, you know, learn about it, pra- practice it, but observe it, like pull yourself out into a space where you have the breadth and depth and, you know, to see, to see things, you know, from a somewhat objective <laughs>
1: viewpoint, you know? That's one of the things I really loved about your book is it's applied astrology. It's a, it's astrology as, as, as it applies to some, to, you know, to your life and, and how it changed your life. And so. And how I, I used I'm, it, I'm you really know, enjoying it
0: hmm yeah it's um it's yeah applied you know and of course I'm ai <laughs> got a lot of earth you know I'm a double Capricorn uh and but, so yeah, yeah that's why I love your book too it's like okay you know here's here's a um because I, I read you are the universe too you know with Deepak and I I love him too and I loved that he did that mm-hmm. with um the physicist um and you know I've read a lot of his books and you know, and he definitely grounds, you know, his own consciousness and spiritual practice because of his, you know, Ayurvedic and yogic and meditative, you know, practice. So that there's that. But it is important to ground, you know, all of these spiritual tools in this earthly dimension. And you definitely, you know, do that in your book. So I love that. Exercises, further reading, you know, connect with your body, you know. Um, it's it's a very, very important thing.
1: So before well, I we wrote go. wrote it for people who call, okay. No, go, go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, I wrote it for people who call themselves spiritual but not religious. Because yeah. I think that, um, that that's, uh those those are the people who are most willing to explore uh what that means.
0: Well that's the biggest percentage, certainly, of young people, I think, in the world right now, um, mm-hmm. spiritual and religious, and so they will, you know, get a lot out of it because it just it gives you a nice practice based on the wheel of the year and um and you know, just really, really great stuff. So it's really good applied general, you know, spirituality with a lot of, you know, excellent, wise woman tips, tools, techniques, and further reading to connect you to what resonates with you. But before we go, I wanted to ask you, so um, Jupiter and Pisces, what do you think? What do you think about that? And, you know, I I find that Saturn and Jupiter, but Jupiter especially also like when it changes um, signs really you know, changes the, I guess, the the collective belief systems, you know, for the year that it is, you know, in a sign and literally when Jupiter went into Pisces here in the United States, like it was like, it just seemed like the CDC, you know, very soon thereafter came out with a, you don't need to wear masks if you're vaccinated. And suddenly, you know, I'm on the West Coast. Well, I'm actually in, I live in Las Vegas, right outside of Las Vegas in the desert near the mountains. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, everybody's like, okay, boom. No restrictions, and I thought, wow, well, that's you know, literal how, Jupiter, how and Jupiter and
1: Pisces, right? Yeah, so yeah, I mean, Jupiter, Jupiter and Pisces is all about expanding things and um, and all about uh, spirituality, of course. But it it a, a lot is going to depend on on the aspects, and I'm very interested to see. Uh, what happens when uh, it moves into Pisces and then conjoins Neptune? Yes, I think we're I either going That's to have be... an outbreak of truth, which is what I'm hoping for, yeah. or it, it may well be that uh, we're just going to get mired in more confusion and nonsense, but we'll see. Well,
0: <laughs> I know that you and I know I will be, you know, doing all of our own magic to, hopefully um, bring forth this potential you know, chaotic, creative you know, consciousness rebirth that is possible you know, in these you know, interesting times we live in. And thank you so much for talking to me. And I can't wait to talk to you again.
1: And, well, thank you for um, having me, Michelle.
0: I really appreciate it. And so we can find you at uraniaswell.com and you're as well and um, touch the earth kiss the sky it's on it's available through Llewellyn but also like on Amazon and, on Amazon. and everything
1: mm-hmm it's, it's all over the place so um, so yeah people can contact me through you know through my website and I'm also on Facebook and I have a Urania as well page on Facebook so Lots of lots of ways to track me down online.
0: Yes, and I highly recommend signing up for her web uh, her um, newsletter too. Because when you do write, you. it's really it's always good. I've been reading you for years. Um, Thank you. Long time. Long
1: time. Thank you.
0: Yeah, my mom and I used to discuss it because you know she also that Moon and Aquarius, you know, and she loved the the title.
1: <laughs> I've she been Aquarius Iranian too. Person. Yeah, I, I, I remember you told me Yeah. Yes, anyway, well, you know, again, happy.
0: been great. Yes. It's
1: happy my eclipse. pleasure, and thank you. <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll talk happy again eclipse. Soon. All right. Bye-bye. We will. Bye.